0: You're listening to the audio program Host and Guest, hosted by me, Rick Katchke. Now, here's myself, Rick Katchke. Yes, I'm your host, Rick Katchke, and welcome to this edition of Host and Guest. On today's show, I am joined by Kent Watson, who is making his third appearance on Host and Guest. Check archive.org to relive and re listen to his two previous appearances. I caught up with Kent. Because he has a brand new art exhibit. But we didn't just talk about that. We talk about his music, his artwork, the things that he creates at Haverford College. And at the end, uh, we play a little game. So that's something to look forward to. Plus, if you stick around, after the interview, we've got a world premiere of a new song by Kent Watson. He talks about it in this interview Let's not waste any time. Here it is, my chat with Kent Watson. So, uh, Kent, we've, we've been chatting. I don't know what we've been chatting about will be in the episode, but some good, good stuff already. Always good stuff talking to you. My old, my old <laughs> college chum. Ted right. watson thank you for for being back on host and guest
1: it feels good to be back i i, I hope that we get to do this once every 10 years for the indefinite future <laughs> yeah that
0: would be that's the that was part of the reason why i brought the show back <laughs> i looked at it and i was like yeah you know i hadn't done an episode since 2014 <laughs> approaching that time to do my 10-year check-in with Kent Watson. So yeah, right. uh, how's the how's the past decade treated you? What the last time we saw each other was at this this art show uh we were just talking about it's the Sharon Lynn Wilson Center. When when was that 2014? Uh or was it 2013? That sounds about
1: right. And then the MFA show that we ran into each other it was I think
0: 2017. Okay 2017. And- so it's I mean it hasn't been a full decade it's only been six years
1: no you're right you're right <laughs> so we should do one every five years it sounds like <laughs> um yeah and if i i yeah the thing i was thinking about leading up to this was that um were you in the digital digital video club at uwm
0: that was how i first met you yeah yeah because um i i, I wasn't just in the club kent i was one of the co-founders yeah, I know. Uh, okay. I was one of the four because you had to have four people that were on the sheet that you submitted to the university. So, right. so You're Blair, uh, I was one of the officers. And um that was how I first became aware of you because Alex, uh Laura, I can't is that how you say your last name? Uh, I believe it's Lair. Lair, sorry. Jeez. Like I, mean, just Lair. Lair. I
1: think I I think it's just Lair.
0: Okay. Lair. Um she and it was talking about you and it was like, oh, I know this guy who'd be great for the club. And then he she shared a video that you had made of uh, Buffalo E.I. and Greg, the song, I Know It's Sad. Oh, yeah. And it was yeah. shot in like the door, your dorm room. Were you in uh-huh. the East Tower? Did you live in the East Towers or what?
1: what? Uh, I, I lived in the swanky East Towers, but the, most of that was shot, I think, in the North Tower okay of, of the DMM dorms
0: um and it was you basically like a webcam kind of setup but lots of unique edits and stuff going on just you know it was a dorm room shot kind of like a single shot but then stuff was happening in the frame and i was like man this is so good <laughs> like <laughs> right away i was like this guy is so talented <laughs> oh, that's sweet <laughs> and I, it was like intimidating how good it was <laughs> and then uh, I met you and you're like the nicest guy so that was like oh, okay he's talented but he's not a jerk so that was nice and then uh That's nice so, to hear. <laughs> watching your your videos and then you know but then I was like oh man I, I really like that song too so then uh you gave me a burned CD of mm. of Buffalo EI and Greg music mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would run to it <laughs> I would I would be, I would run on the east side and I would be listening to uh
1: Really and was it a Burn CD still did you have like the the CD with the anti anti uh, skip uh, Anti shock yep anti shock <laughs> skip
0: yep uh wow, yeah that's
1: cool that's really cool um uh yeah I mean that so that that song was uh, yeah, a yeah a Buffalo E I and Greg <laughs> I think it was originally Buffalo Elroy Igaboy, Bot, and Greg or something. And I, I think I just got kind of embarrassed by the name. The band was, you know, a, a high school band. Um, and we kept doing stuff throughout college too. And the music video was uh, uh, shot in uh, a dorm room of a friend. And um, she was like, just a little bit okay with me using her computer. Because it wasn't. <laughs> so we would, I would open up iMovie and um, stage some kind of sequence um with whoever was in her room at the time and it would be and then i would kind of edit it in a way to make it look like you know objects were on someone's head and on someone's shoulder and it it worked within the tempo of the of the music um and uh i would just come in there like once a week or something and work on it and this (laughs) and this girl named elise i think she was just kind of like could you stop using my computer (laughs) You know, like So, I mean, the tragedy of the whole thing is that it only ever existed on her computer, and then I exported it to YouTube, but at the time the compression was so terrible that it's just this, I mean, it still exists, but it's just a really low degraded quality version. Okay, it. is it still
0: um, out there somewhere? Because I was, so I was looking it up, I was looking up uh, Buffalo EI and Greg and Kent Watson, and I know it's sad and uh i couldn't find the video on youtube but i found a still of it on one of those websites where it's like a people finder website <laughs> where where like you you know you look on the google search result yeah. and it has this certain information and then you click yeah. it and instead yeah. of finding anything related to the video instead it was a profile for a guy named greg sad <laughs> who lived in like Ohio or something. And it's like, no, I'm not looking for Greg sad. I'm looking for Buffalo EI and Greg. I know it's sad (laughs) that easy to Google search band name
1: (laughs) that easy to say out loud.
0: (laughs) I just wish the EI was longer. I wish there was something more I could say instead of just EI. Right. Um. So is it still oh, so, is it still uh, on YouTube or or have you unlisted it? I, I got to see this video, Kit. I think it
1: is unlisted. I think it's unlisted. I will relist it. I'll make it available. Um, uh, Yes, I think it is out there. I'll, I will. I'll, you know, after this becomes public, I think I people know, are going to want to see that, it. This so. is
0: the main reason why I wanted to. <laughs> To check in with you, not about your current art show, not about running Makerspace, not about all the work that you're doing. I wanted to get the scoop on a video from either late, I think 2006 or maybe even earlier. When did you start it? Was it, Did you start at UWM in 2005 or 2006? 2006. It was 2006. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
1: but the funny thing about the DV club was that, so you guys were the, the leadership team. And if I remember right, and I don't wanna be I don't wanna to point to many fingers here, but I remember I think he kind of created it just to kind of get some equipment, right? Like it was just kind of like a equipment thing.
2: I, I'm not pointing fingers at I'm not
0: so I was I was brought into this as an officer. So yes, the, the the premise was we were gonna start this club and then now that we have this official club, I think Blair was gonna reach out because I think it was Steven Soderbergh did a thing where he would like give equipment to universities because Soderberg has always been on the cutting edge of like digital stuff. So I don't know if it was because of that. Uh, but Blair was like, if we have a, an official club, then we're more li- likely to get this equipment from Steven Soderbergh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a really good idea. Um, but I just remember um, at the time of the graduate, you guys all graduated. I took over as president of the club. But all of the equipment had disappeared. (laughs) So so then I had to track it down. And it was like tracking it down. I I got it all back. Um, But then I held on to it for four years and kind of did the exact same thing. And then when I graduated, like somebody had to come track me down and bring it all back to campus, too. So it was like kind of a cycle of how the DV Club went, where you kind of use the equipment a little bit off radar, a little bit.
0: I don't even know if I ever saw actual equipment <laughs> that might have been kept from me as an officer of the club.
1: Oh boy. Well, I had forgotten I had it too. Cause like somebody had contacted me a year or two after I graduated and was like, you have to return this stuff. Out. Yeah. Anyway, I, I don't know if that's interesting, but it's always it stuck, is to stuck me, with me.
0: <laughs> Cause I, I guess I wasn't a great, uh, shepherd of the club because I, I didn't know what happened to it after I graduated because I think I think Blair might have graduated after me yeah I think I, he was younger than me so
1: something like that yeah so then I, I took over I took over the leadership role Um and I don't yeah. think I did a, a very good job I, I I'm a little embarrassed to think back to it now because occasionally I would get an email from a new Film student who would say, "Hey, like, when are you guys meet and How you know, like, what happens?" And I would say, "We don't meet that often, but if you want to use some equipment, you could." So it was, it was that kind of thing. But um, yeah. When I graduated, there
0: were there were meetings. They... I,
1: yeah, I think you guys actually did a better job than
0: I did. Um, so, and I mean, that's how I met you. All.
1: It was through the yeah.
0: What ended up happening was the meetings. The intent was like, oh, you can show the what you're working on and show, kind of, you know, or you can make movies for this club. It was just kind of designed to get people to do stuff. Uh, I barely even made movies for it, but it was just that was yeah, yeah. Beyond getting equipment, the intent was let's let's do something or or, or have a reason to make stuff. And uh, what ended up happening was we just got a lot of videos that people had made in their. TV tech classes in high school (laughs) so it was like well here's a project i made my junior year of high school (laughs) which is fine but they were some of them were were not as some were better than others i guess is the kindest way of saying (laughs) (laughs) tom fuchs and i had made a video because tom my friend uh We used to do film festivals at his parents' house. They had a theater room. And we, one year, were going to shoot little interstitial intros. And that ended up morphing into just this bizarre video that we made that we said was a a lost David Lynch film (laughs) called Oregon. And one (laughs) of the shots of it was uh, I was in the best shape of my life. It was me in my underwear coming out of the woods holding a towel like in my hand and like having like the strange stare. And I lift the towel and it's a box of honey nut Cheerios that I'm holding. <laughs> and so we like re-edited that for the digital video club because we had tried to make another video and, and there was an audio clip from that video of me saying too many meatballs. So the digital video club version was looped audio of me saying too many meatballs and me in my underwear, like sh- revealing Honey Nut Cheerios. And then when my wife and I got married, uh Tom, as the best man, gave the toast. And he, at the very end of his toast, had everyone raise a glass and say too many meatballs. Oh, that was
2: good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually did, I really did like the club and I. I. Uh... Uh, you know, I mean, I always thought of myself as like kind of a film student at heart, even though I was doing some I was a, actually a diva student, which stood for digital interactive video animation and sound. They later changed the name to art and technology, which I think, you know, makes a little more sense. But um, I always kind of like thought of myself as a film student and like wanted to hang out with the film students and liked that I could also be in the, the you know, is it Mitchell's basement?
0: Yeah, it was basement of Mitchell.
1: I You know, all of my classes were also down there. Um, and I, I took a number of, of like video editing classes and an animation class. And uh, yeah, yeah I remember meeting in the basement of Mitchell with the, the DV club.
0: So let's dive in. Since those days, since we last checked in in 2017, uh, how are you doing? What have you been up to? I know you have a, a brand new art show that you just attended the premiere of.
1: That's right. Yeah, um, yeah. So the art show is a um, series of sculptural pieces made out of walnut um, uh, that are all digital fabricated. And when I say digital fabrication, that's just a, uh, a way of saying that uh, something was made on the computer and then it um, is uh, translated with some kind of like fabrication machine. So, classic example would be something like three D printing. Um, but what I used for this show is a big uh, cnc router which is like a robot cutting machine is a simple way to say that um and uh did this process that is called subtractive manufacturing so like moving away material so i'd create these like sculptural forms 3d forms um and then cut them out of wood and then sand and finish them and put them on the wall so some of them are very sculptural some of them are actually 3d scans of people um uh, and the show looks good i you know like i you never know if something is going to be good. I never like when I was recording songs or if I even like was performing a show, like I would never be certain it would be good. And so I would kind of like undersell it. I wouldn't invite that many people. And then if it was good, I would be like, like what the heck? Why didn't anybody come? <laughs> and I feel a little bit about this show too. Like I wasn't sure if it was going to work. Um, and then uh, at, at the exhibit, which is at the Waddell gallery at the, uh, Northern Virginia Community College, outside of DC. I had a ton of help, and it was awesome. And uh, installing the show, a lot of help installing the show, and it just looked really nice. And I had never seen it set up and put on walls before. And then I was like, "Oh man, I should have been like, I should have really been marketing this thing <laughs> <laughs> because it looked cool."
0: <laughs> How long have you worked on this show?
1: Uh, in 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 some sense, like some of the techniques with this particular equipment I've been working on for years, but um, this batch of work really all happened in a month or two over the summertime. Uh, I, so I run a, um, a lab at Haverford college, which is a, a small liberal arts college outside of Philadelphia. And the lab is a maker space and, um, and a makerspace is just like a space that has 3D printers and laser cutters, but also has sewing machines and a bunch of other stuff. And I teach a class. I teach a class on toy design here. Um, and then in the summertime, I run a summer fellowship. And the fellowship is an eight-week fellowship where we make something. We prototype something. And this year, we made chairs. So I had five students working with me over the course of eight weeks. And I made each one of them make four chairs in eight weeks, which is a lot, Um And we went about doing it a bunch of different ways. We did um, uh, one where we used one-by-one pines and hand saws and wood glue, and we cut it apart, and people just had to like make it with their hands. The second one, we used a wood shop, and we kind of showed them some wood shop techniques. The third one, we used that CNC router, that robot machine I was telling you about. And then the fourth one, they could do whatever they wanted, and we had wood from the arboretum donate to our project. So the campus is also an arboretum. So they donated a lot of this really nice walnut that had been grown on the campus and died on the campus and then aged uh, in in a shack for 80 years before it was available for students. So we used all of that to make these chairs. Um, and then what was left over from that were these offcuts, these kind of weird scraps. Um, and that kind of became the canvas of of this show. It's just these leftover weird pieces of wood that were something like you know, like three inches by 18 inches. And I would use that as like, okay, I need to like sculpt something in the computer within this framework. And then I would take the CNC router and cut in that kind of landscape and cut something out. Um, so so that was kind of the process to get to the, the end thing um, um, of, of it being this digital fabrication show.
0: Uh, how long is it running?
1: It'll be up until uh, uh, October 2nd or 3rd. Um, so just a, a month and a half, um, a quick show, but I'm hoping to show it again. I'm hoping to keep going with this work. Um, I felt like I stumbled onto something I'm intrigued by and a process I really like. And working with walnut, it feels like cheating. It's such a beautiful wood. It's got a lot of complexity to it. The, the rings um, have a lot of vibrancy and the color changes of the wood as it gets a little bit closer to the bark. Uh, it goes from being very dark to very pale and so it just has like a lot of like interesting qualities to it so that plus um doing these kind of interesting three-dimensional cuts i i just feel like it's kind of an interesting spot to be so i keep doing it over and over again um so i'd like to show it again i'm uh uh you know maybe somebody listening will say come to my gallery
0: i've always viewed you as kind of a renaissance man somebody who you you do everything you and basically anything that you put your mind to you're good at <laughs> um so when i saw that you're you're running this makerspace i was like boy that just seems like perfect for you to get to play around with stuff and and teach tell me about some of the stuff you've created in the makerspace i've seen like guitars and skateboards like what do you love to do in the in the makerspace
1: yeah i mean it's it is a good spot to be for me um uh, because I do like to try out a lot of different things. Um, and, um, it, there is always a faculty or student coming by who has a a new idea. Um, and so I, I feel like I'm always getting to work on something kind of fresh and, and I'm usually pretty, um, uh, uh, Maybe not reliant, but I like to kind of riff off of student ideas because they are often just sort of telling me what they're into. Um, so like the skateboard one was was uh, uh, was something I, I saw a bunch of like like five years ago, there was a longboarding happening all over the campus. And I thought, well, maybe we could just do that. And I put like, I don't know, like ten posters up. I made this poster. It said, "Do you want to make a longboard? Come to this info session?" And I got, 45 students show up you know which is a lot for Haverford we our school is um 1200 1300 students so we have a small school and and usually I feel pretty successful if if 10 students come to a workshop so having that many was a lot um but I, I tapped into something there like some kind of like um excitement about uh, something that sort of just aligned with the mentality of the campus for that moment. Like, and I, I that was better than when I made guitars with students. Like, I, I didn't get nearly as many people, which you'd think that guitars would be cooler. Uh, I think it's cooler. But um, what, what are some other stuff we've done? We're, we're making instruments again this semester with a class. Um, they're going to be more experimental. Um, I teach this class on toy design that I mentioned earlier. And uh, I developed the curriculum. Last year, maybe a year and a half ago now. Um, so this is the just the third iteration of it coming up, and uh, it's. I mean, what it really is is a. I'm teaching people CAD, which is a computer aided design, and 3D modeling, and then they take their designs under the like guise of of toy making, and then they 3D print those toys. It's sort of like the pitch of the of the class but yeah i don't know i mean we just do a little bit of everything it's kind of hard to it's a little bit tricky to talk about it in the sense that like we or me uh, you know we are always kind of changing what we are and that's a little bit defined by who is in the space and who uses the space um so it might be like we've i've had english faculty uh come in and use the space and and they'll say things like hey like i'm reading frankenstein like what can I want to do something with the makerspace. What can we do? And we'll figure something out. And that and that example, um, uh, I 3D scanned everyone, and then I talked about <clears throat> the ease of digital replication, and kind of connected it to Frankenstein that way a little bit. And then uh, talked about like you know, like deep fakes and all of this ways of like kind of like digitally recreating someone. And then we got to 3D scan ourselves and bring those to the computers and like manipulate ourselves. Um, So I usually come up with some kind of like way that I hope is not too much of a stretch to connect my my lab to like whatever curriculum is in the space. And that's that's kind of like my job. It's like figuring out ways to make curriculum make sense. And and, in my lab, which is a unique job, I know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, When I was looking, (laughs) uh, I was reminded of the one that you made where, you know, you just did this whole show with wood. But you also did. It seemed like a one off where. You were doing three D modeled faces that you printed onto apples. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it looks really cool. Like, how, <laughs> what was it like working with apples to make those?
1: <laughs> oh, very messy, very messy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend having a you know a twenty thousand dollar machine to, to make applesauce. But uh, but it, it I, I did it safely and that the machine was totally fine. But um, it was a relatively quick process. you take the three D scans like that we had of faces um, and you create a path like with this machine you're just like telling it to go places and it's got like a motor that pulls it in one direction another direction like the x-axis and the y-axis and the z-axis which would be the up and down one and it follows a path and that path can be really complex it can be like a face so it's following that path as it's spinning a bit a drill bit going like 15,000 rpms and it's cutting out something so as it's cutting it out it just it really does just look like applesauce it looks like it's just making this mess um, and then you take that apple and i liked to bring it into the sink and like rinse away all the apple sauce and there was a face revealed which i thought was just really cool it made it for a neat video um and then the other kind of cool thing about it was that you had these apples and like they last, you know, They're as soon as they they start begin to like be exposed to air and oxidize, they, they turn brown like almost instantly. And then they kind of like decay kind of quickly too. So I thought there was something kind of, I don't know, beautiful about that as well, that you made this thing that was kind of beautiful that really wasn't going to stick around very long.
0: That, listen, I don't know if this is Shark Tank worthy, but I feel like with, Fall festivals to have a booth. <laughs> I don't know the process of doing a 3D scan and the printing, but if you if you set that up, you you just you travel around with this twenty thousand dollar machine for for this <laughs> moment of somebody seeing their face on an apple before it decays. I I would pay money for that. I don't know.
1: I mean, I do do some kind of fall festival thing with the apples just about every year now. So there I, I I haven't I haven't taken it on the road just yet, but it it definitely is like a thematic thing that comes up every every uh October. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. And it actually the piece was featured. So there used to be this magazine called Make Magazine um that was like the makerspace magazine that is I think is now defunct, but um it was featured in that magazine. So it did get like a little bit of press. Um uh, uh, under the the like probably the text of like do this some um, do this thing like a lot of like my <laughs> a, a lot of my um handful of moments where I've gotten some kind of like notice, it's usually like guy does weird thing <laughs> 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 like I, uh um in grad school, I was working with uh my committee chair named Frankie Flood, and I was like, I want to cast my nose. Like, can I do that? And he's like, yeah, sure. So <laughs> we we scanned my nose and we 3D printed it and took that 3D printed object and pressed it into um, sand to do this sand casting technique. So you press the object into there and you have the cavity. And then Frankie just heated up some molten aluminum and poured it right into the cavity and we had my nose. And then we turned it, of course, you know, turned it into a nose ring so um turned the ring itself on a lathe and and fit those pieces together and took a picture and and that you know had like a a moment on the internet where i think mashables did did an article and some other folks but it was like dude does thing i i yeah i found that like um uh like pun plus like an amount of time equals some amount of like attention you know like like that's like a, a decent formula is if you're willing to spend a lot of time doing something, um, that, that there's, s- there could be some attention there. <laughs> a lot of time plus really mediocre pun seems to get you somewhere.
0: <laughs> um, was the, the maker already in place when you started or, uh, did, did you kind of help with the launch of it
1: here at Haverford? I, I built the lab. So so they, they hired me to build this lab and it was an empty space. Um, so it, it was what really appealed to me about the job too, is that um, it wasn't just curriculum and, and programming, which I do like, but there was this very hands-on, like, how does you have a budget, you have to buy this equipment, you have to build this equipment, and then you have to figure out, like, how does it work on campus? And and also I was really excited about... Um, a place like Haverford had never had anything like, or not too much like this beforehand. Like we don't have an engineering department. We have an art department, but we're a small school where there's just a lot more English classes and literature classes than there are like um, engineering um, and hands-on curriculum. And I mean, there is some, but, but just to getting to be a part of like, well, how do we, how do we make this makerspace work in this particular unique environment was um, exciting to me. Um, so, yeah, and I've been here six years now. So I built the lab and um, uh, now, I, now I feel like I got a pretty good sense of it.
0: So so the reason I asked, been here six years, you helped build it was part of the, the reason why you did this to make it a real thing. So now you can reach out to Steven Soderbergh and say hey we have this thing would you want to donate some cameras (laughs)
1: it's all it's all about the the long game dv club yeah that just about everything i do is still making sure i can get some free equipment
0: (laughs) (laughs) so you've been on on hosting guests in the past and uh we 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 covered music in the past and uh you've got some new music that you've been working on uh I do.
1: Uh I do have some some secret new music that I've been doing. Yeah. I've uh, got a couple unreleased album projects that uh uh I guess I need to release at some point.
0: <laughs> Pressure is on because you you shared a couple tracks with me. I did. Yeah. Including uh Anger Goes Away, which you said kind of the theme revolved around that you you watch monster movies with your dad like the old 1950s monster movies like what yeah tell me about the the influence those have had
1: yeah so monster movie night came about at the start of the pandemic and uh it's it's going strong we're we're running out of monster movies i mean right now we're watching all of the star trek films we're on star trek seven so uh, is there a monster in that movie uh I, i you know i don't know but um for most of the time we are watching monster films and um, yeah, my dad's influence is very much 1950s B monster movies. So his favorite monster movie of all time would be the thing, the Howard Hawk version of the thing, uh, which is like a 1950 something film, but we watched yeah, the,
0: the thing from another planet. The thing right? from another the planet. Full... Yeah,
1: yeah. 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 Um, So, <clears throat> which I think less people are familiar with, you know, of course there's the uh, John Carpenter's, the thing that, is from the eighties that I think is a bit more known. Um, but yeah. And then I, I loved the eighties and nineties stuff. So my favorite monster movie of all time is, is uh tremors. Um, maybe one of my favorite films of all time. I and mean, that movie is so good. Um, yes. And, and like Robocop and the thing. And like, I, so I, I kind of bring that, that kind of stuff, I think to it. And my brother, Andy <clears throat> also participates. Um, and he's not, I don't know if he loves monster movies, but he enjoys hanging out with us. So, <laughs> so, so, uh, so he, he, he's there as well. And then um, my girlfriend Laura is a, a more recent addition to the gang. My mom comes and hops onto the Zoom, says hi, um, but, but doesn't usually watch the monster movies.
0: Yeah. Tremors is one of my favorite movies. I'll send you a picture. I've got some Tremors artwork hanging in our home. So,
1: <laughs> oh, do you really? I do. I just bought a Tremors t shirt i i have like recently transitioned from a person who wears uh n- nothing on t shirts to embracing you know and and advertising the things i love <laughs> so so tremors and robocop for example t shirts
0: <laughs> have you have you seen uh i think it's on the d v d the original ending to tremors have you ever seen
1: that no no what happens
0: it so you know in in tremors the, the real ending, you know, he he kissed uh, Kevin Bacon. I can't remember the character's names, but Kevin Bacon kisses the uh, the woman who, like the researcher that ends with a big kiss. Mm-hmm. But the movie really is about the relationship of, of Kevin Bacon's character and Fred Ward's character. Those two guys. Yeah. That's what makes it right. great to me. So yeah. the original ending was about those two. They're leaving town and they turn back around to go back to town, just they're not are They uh, can't leave, they can't leave the area. And but it was more just about the two of them. Um, yeah, I, I like, yeah, I like
1: it, yeah, because they're just kind of a buddy film, really.
0: yeah. That's well,
1: interesting. I, I kind of like that, huh?
0: Yeah, I like I'd like to see. that. Uh, my father in law very much reminds me of like Fred Ward in that movie.
2: <laughs> so
0: <laughs> I love my father in law. It just so happens that. He's like a combination of Fred Ward and Tremors and John Candy and planes, trains and automobiles like that's that's his <laughs> personality.
1: When when I was a kid and I watched that movie all the time uh, with my my best buddy growing up, Jeff Giesler, we would always choose a character to be in it, whatever like monster movie or whatever we were watching. And we always wanted to be Fred. We always wanted like Kevin Bacon was also cool, but not as cool as Fred in our minds. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we always just choose between those two because of real stuff. <laughs> so
0: you, between all these monster movies, uh, how has that influenced the the music that you've been working on? That now I'm pressuring you to release at some point because I will. Uh, I am yeah. gonna play a sample of uh, "Anger Goes Away."
1: Oh, okay, cool. Okay, um, sure, that's great. Um, uh, yeah, so uh. I, I don't know. Real life creeps into my music always. I was uh, in my last apartment. I had lots of various bug problems. I had cockroaches. And all of my songs featured something, some mention of a cockroach. Like, it's just like it, It you know, and, and um, uh, the last couple of years, uh, the, <laughs> we've been watching so many monster movies that it's just, it's like seeped into uh and uh into that kind of like creative outlet so um uh that song that you're talking about uh uh i wrote soon after we watched the sequel to frankenstein called bride of frankenstein um which is a crazy film there's all sorts of stuff in that movie that you wouldn't expect there's like like miniature people and jars and, and, and like the bride of Frankenstein's like barely even in it. She just appears at the end. And, and it's, I don't know, it's just a very strange, I mean, I mean, the first one is strange too, but it's, I think it's, it's much stranger. Um, But the, the song is really just the, the sequence of that, that moment where he's firing up the, uh, 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 device to, um, you know, get the electricity to run through the 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 body and reanimated it so it's all just like the whole song takes place in like the the like three minutes of that moment um is, is sort of the idea of the song was like from the perspective of frankenstein like bringing this body back to life um and so the all the songs are like they have some some kind of like uh ghost or or reanimation or um zombie or something like that but i think it all just comes from the fact that i watch so many monster movies now
0: (laughs) how many songs uh have you made for this project
1: oh i've probably done 15 but i would say that there's probably going like if i ever were to release it there probably would be uh 10 to 12 that would that would be released um some are just not that good and you know all of my my songs are kind of low fidelity um and uh uh But some of them are, like, a little too low fidelity to to even release. (laughs) I mean, like, so my, like, like, when I record, I am interested in, like, capturing some energy. Like, I have, like, some, like, like, notion, some, like, nugget in mind that, like, excites me to do a song. And it's, like, maybe, like, an idea for a song. Like, like, the one I was talking about with Anger Goes Away, like, that that's a really fun idea for a song that like propels me to the process of like writing and recording. But it could also be like, I'm, I wonder if like I recorded the vocals first with like reverb and then I redid it with like false solo, like just some kind of like nugget idea that I have that like kind of like launches me to the part of like recording. So that plus like capturing like the energy of creation is like something that really excites me. Like I want to like write something like record write a riff a guitar riff and i want to record it as soon as i possibly can um and that's like what matters to me but i do think that the thing that i kind of like discard or don't think enough about or i just know i'm not very good at is like the high fidelity nice recording like the the meticulous part of that so it's good for me to work with other people um because they are and i'm not um but um this project is in in the, this category of much like the buffalo ei and greg stuff the stuff from high school like it's very just like an idea and writing and recording quickly and to like capture like something that it seems really hard to capture like the, the energy of like being creative and new you know that thing um, so that's that's the idea behind i mean i don't maybe not the idea but that's 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 how the whole album was recorded um, which is like the you know like maybe returning to some uh, approach, some roots, uh, Buffalo E.I. and Greg um, stuff. Um, I, I just like I don't know if it's like a a comfortable setting to be um, recording with with like that as the the thing. Like sometimes I try to get good at mixing or try to like get better at recording audio. <laughs> But I, you know, it's like, I, I don't know. It's just like, doesn't, it's not, not really my thing. Like I got a bunch of music head friends who, uh, um, who can like do laps around me um, with the preamps and microphones and, and plugins and all that. Um, and so if I need something really recorded well, I, sh- I think it's best to just work with somebody else.
0: Um, so I know you've recorded so many songs. Do you have a ballpark figure of how many songs you've made? I know it's hard to hard to have like a, a an exact number, but any idea.
1: I don't I, I don't because um uh I don't know, I want to say like three to five hundred because um for a while there in in college <laughs> I was recording a song a day. And and like not that they were all good, you know, some of them would be great and some of them were total duds, but um I, or and I would record it on my you know on my cell phone or, or whatever recording device that we had available um so um and some of them would be kind of rewritten versions of things I've done before like I've I've rewritten songs like I've probably got like three or four different genres of songs that I write about like over and over again like one is like insects I don't know I, I write about insects a lot for some reason um like the the there's some kind of like perspective that seems more interesting to me from the perspective of an insect. Um, uh, one is like, there's something like sinister going on on the internet and we don't know what it is. <laughs> it was like, I've written like that song maybe like eight times. Like there's something going on with this information age and uh, we, nobody has any idea what it is. Um, and and more recently, it's been monster songs about monsters and uh, uh, or 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 people considered monsters or something like that. So, but yeah, a lot of songs, a lot of songs, and um, uh, some of them are good.
0: I want the full archive. I want their. <laughs> I want the flash drive with three hundred to five hundred songs on it, Kent.
1: Uh, I mean, some of them are so bad. Like so, sometimes I hear a song from high school or college and i'm just like so embarrassed and the thing that that doesn't hold up is lyrics i think you you rush your way through a recording and you do like a a half-assed version of a guitar riff and or or just something very simple and it can age really beautifully you know, even if it seemed like kind of crappy at the time, it can it can be like, oh, that's interesting, huh? And like lyrics are not that way. Like lyrics like stick out like a like a like a, a
0: thorn. You know, like if if it's bad, it just gets worse.
1: <laughs> at least in my mind.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you have musicians that you're like a huge fan of or obsessed with, but I always love getting the deluxe box set. And and seeing, you know, four discs, here's the one with outtakes and then the demo. And I I appreciate the hearing the early recordings or early versions of songs and seeing like, okay, this is where the, the uh, start of it was. And then, you know, what it would go on to become, or maybe it's not that song, but a similar song that was done years later. So I love seeing the early draft versions of stuff to see what what it becomes. Yeah. Even scripts, I have the the script of of Gremlins two, but it's not what was the final thing in the movie. So there's just whole elements that are entirely different for that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I like that stuff too. I mean, I'm I'm reading um Hellboy right now um, uh, with a friend uh, the the comic series, and and at the end of you know each one of these. Is some drawings that the uh, artist put in that like, and and the first one shows you like the the evolution of Hellboy, like his first version of it and the second, and how it, how the character came to who he is now. And um, yeah, I think it's it's interesting to see that stuff. And I think with music, it's the same way. I think there's um um there, there's something really fun about kind of going back and seeing how something changed or didn't change, like um uh. I'm, I'm trying to think of an example but um uh I, I feel like i've done that a lot with modest mouse like that when i was in high school that was and, and even junior high uh that was the the band that was like my my number one band um and i think i'm i'm pretty influenced by them and i think i think like musically um it's probably a sound i can't shake um i although i don't think i'm doing much of what they're doing at all um anymore but I think there's some there's some uh, some like deep grooves that I get from from them. Um but yeah, I I really appreciated some of their um uh uh releases of 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 B-sides um or or just like early early tracks because you hear a lot of stuff that gets developed later. Like you you hear like guitar riffs and and I think with him I hear like this thing I was talking about with you earlier about how like the, it's, there's certain things you write about and you you do over and over again with him. I I hear it over and over again. Where like he writes about, he writes about like, uh, like somebody telling a joke and failing like over and over Like he, that comes up like in five different songs. Like, like somebody like, just like messing up with a joke and that's too bad, but you'll, 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 you'll be all right. Like, like, like that kind of, which is such a weird sentiment, but it like, but i'm interested in like why does that thing like why does that thing keep coming back why does that gesture keep coming back so uh, yeah um i, I don't know i'm trying to think of like with my own stuff like uh I, i'm certainly interested in some of like the evolution of my songs but um uh uh like uh there's a uh, i'm kind of re-editing some footage so i was in this band at atlatl for uh uh many years through college and um we took some songs that were just songs that I had recorded on my own and then brought to the band. And it's kind of interesting to see the evolution of that. And, um, I would, you know, I would have my own kind of ideas about a song and the the beginning days of me being in a band, I was very much like, well, I, you know, like, usually I'm alone and I just do every part and I write a song And, and now I'm in a band and I am, like interacting with people have different ideas. And I, I came to think of that as like a really a strength. But in the very beginning, it it I was I struggled with that because I was new to it. But I came to see it as like, oh, that's what it means to be in a band. And that's what it means to be like, I think, like to have a, a band that becomes its own sound. It's like it's not just you and your um things that you're interested in your, your, your background, it's everybody's stuff. And you all like figure out some way to kind of merge with each other and like come up with your own sound. Um, so yeah. Am I, am I being tangential right now? No, I love it.
0: (laughs) Bottom line. I'm saying the the, the, release everything. One person (laughs) who would listen to all 300 (laughs) to 500 songs. You're talking.
1: Uh, Okay. (laughs) I would happily share it. Anything you want. I'll, I'll just send it to you. We'll start there. So um,
0: one of the things uh, about you is that you always like to experiment and tinker, and you kind of proposed an idea of, of playing with the format of host and guest and doing some trivia.
1: Yeah, I did. And I, I hope that's okay.
0: That's great. And so <laughs> you asked me to pick a topic, and you provided your topic, which was the, the sitcom Frasier. Uh, Before we dive into your question, the questions I have for you about Frasier, the trivia questions, uh, how long have you been a fan of Frasier? Was it something that you watched when it was originally airing or is it more recent? Uh,
1: I've been watching Frasier since um, high school. Uh, And uh, I I think. Frasier came about as an obsession. Uh, uh, I mean, first, it was a comfort food uh, and I moved from. With my family from Boise, Idaho to Waukesha, Wisconsin, in eleventh um, grade, and every night I would uh, uh, play a game of Rummy with my mom, and we'd watch like the two episodes of Frasier that were on from like nine to ten p.m. So I think it, like first was that, and then uh, just be like it's it's so it was so readily available through syndication, um, and then it like became this thing that I just sort of put on the background. Um, at different periods of my life but i just like i've seen probably every episode 10 times so um will i know all of this stuff i don't know but if you're like it it depends on like which direction these questions go in but i didn't want to i didn't want to tell you any of that i just wanted you to throw some questions my way sure and and likewise is for me so i'm asking you some questions about the band semisonic and uh I, i did some you know, I didn't know a ton about them, and it was fun for me to uh, read about the band, and then also listen to some music, and then listen to is um, Dan Wilson, I think, is the lead singer. Listen to some of his solo projects too, um, and and he's really good. And I like, I just like didn't, I like, I hadn't really heard much. It's kind of funny, like these bands who are these, um, uh, I don't know if you'd call them like a one hit wonder, but of course he has like the one really big song closing time. Um, but has a very impressive uh, career since then in a bunch of different ways, which I didn't know about. So,
0: yeah, I would say it's similar in some respects to Modest Mouse, where, you know, they've got the one really big song they float right. on that everybody associates with them, but they've done a lot of other stuff too, right? So, right. yeah, right. For, for me, Semi-Sonic uh, was like the first band I really got into other than the Beatles. So I went from listening to my parents' records of of the Beatles, and then Closing Time came out, and I loved that song and got Feeling Strangely Fine, the album that that was on. Then I worked backwards. I got the Pleasure EP. Somehow I missed that there was an album in between. So the first time I went and saw them in (laughs) in concert, they were playing all these songs from their first album, Great Divide, which Uh I, I, you know, I was... 13 so i wasn't as savvy i i didn't even know that this thing existed so i i'm just standing there they're playing these songs and people know the songs but i've never heard of them and i i listened to <laughs> feeling strangely fine so many times i'd listened to the original ep but i had somehow missed the first album so from there and- immediately afterwards i got that album
1: and you had on the lead singer of Semisonic on, on Host and Guest, right?
0: Dan Wilson has been on the show twice. He was uh during Whoa. the the early run, uh maybe like 2010. And then he just was on the summer because they just went on their first tour in like 20 years. So I've had Dan on, I've had John Munson on from the early run. Base and playing. uh I'm, I'm gonna put it out there right here. The the drummer Jake Schlichter, uh I want to have him on because they have an album coming out this November. So I'm calling my shot. I want you to hold me accountable. I want listeners to hold me accountable.
1: Uh, oh, hey I'm going to hold you accountable. Yeah. yeah. I I'm not going to let this go. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to be texting and calling about that. Well, that would be awesome. I hope that I hope that works out. Yeah, um, and he
0: actually has a really good book, too, that he wrote about being in the band. It's kind of like a, he has kind of like uh david sedaris quality to his writing
1: so oh cool yeah that sounds good um so i was thinking for this uh we could do question and question like back and forth that sounds good keep kind of a score going yeah i don't know how
0: many questions you you wrote i wrote Uh, six questions okay i wrote about the same so okay okay Well,
1: well good um why don't I go first? Okay. And I'm gonna give you one that I, I don't know if this is an easy one, but I thought I thought you might you might know it. So uh what is semisonics second most popular song? Sure we know about closing time. But according to Spotify, it was particularly popular in the UK according to Wikipedia. As sure. Well,
0: so. Um I'm gonna say Secret Smile. Nailed it.
1: Nailed it. I'm going to give you a point for that. I'm I'm that first one was worth one point. <laughs>
0: and uh music video for Secret Smile features Paul Rudd very briefly in that music
1: video. Oh crazy. Um <laughs> I I I want that trend you know that thing that happened in the 90s where there was uh, an actor that was just like briefly in a music video like there's a Limp Bizkit song Keep Rolling where Ben Stiller is featured in it just for like 10 seconds. <laughs> like why? <Yeah>. why?
0: <laughs> I want to say Paul Rudd's cameo is even less than Ben Stiller's <laughs> or Roland. But he was he was a big fan of the previous incarnation, not incarnation, but the previous band, Trip Shakespeare. So uh that was the connection. All right. Your question. Oh boy. What is the name of Fraser and Niles Mother?
1: Oh, it's um, it starts with an H. It's a uh, it's a weird name. It's like
0: uh, not Helga Hester. It's Hester. It? I was going to give you Hester. a clue if you were a football yeah. fan, the Chicago Bears' famous kick returner, Devin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, I got it. All right, <laughs> um, 1-1, cool. one, one. One, one, this. This could get interesting. Um, Okay, second question. Dan Wilson, lead singer of Semisonic, co-wrote a country pop alternative with this band.
0: You know, that actually, there could be be a couple different directions. So I don't know if you're talking about he wrote the song "Home" with Dierks Bentley, but when you say band, it makes me think of his work with what are they're now referred to as the Chicks.
1: Absolutely right. Okay. Yep. Yep.
0: And I I put the Chicks,
1: and I was going to hold you to that too. I wasn't I wasn't going to accept the Dixie Chicks. So <laughs> <laughs> two points. Very good.
0: <laughs> okay. We're going a little behind the scenes with this next question, Ken. All right, I'm in trouble then. How many dogs played Eddie? Oh, I think it's two. Yeah, it's two. Okay, okay.
2: <laughs>
0: Do you know There's their names two... off the top of your head for, for a bonus point?
1: Well, I know one was Moose. Okay, but... that's a
0: half point. That's a half bonus point right there.
1: Uh, I don't remember the other, the other one's name. Was it like Spark or something?
0: It was Enzo. That... Enzo.
1: Spark is just what's on your t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Sparks, yeah. <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. Enzo. <laughs>
0: So uh, you got the bonus point. So you're up two and a half to two. Okay, I'm going to put a 0.5 in there for me, one half. Yeah, bonus Um, half point, bonus half point, I should say.
1: All right, so. Okay, in 2022, last year, lead singer of the band Semisonic, Dan Wilson, covered a perfume genius song what was the name of that song?
0: I don't know. I'm, I, this one, I, I know that he covered the song. I don't know it though. The
1: song is called On the Floor.
0: Ah, uh, yes. And it's yes. good. That was a good one. That was a, that was a tricky one that got me. I I'm got sorry me. about that. That's all right.
1: <laughs> Cause I feel like I just decreased your chances of bringing this
2: drum. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So question number three for you, since that was a hard one for me, I thought this one might be a little bit harder. Okay. It's going to get to combat you. Right. Yeah. All right. So what was the name of the slumping NBA player that Frazier meets in the episode head game? You're talking about the one where Niles is the, uh, like it's like Niles coaches, the, the guy, I don't I'll be honest I have the complete series of Frasier but I haven't watched it yet <laughs> so I don't know the show I know I know it from my parents watching it but I don't know it intimately
1: so in the episode it's actually Niles who meets the basketball player I think oh my and, mistake sorry and he starts coaching him on why his game is off and the guy like starts rubbing his head for good luck uh and his name is like Reggie something is that right, Reggie? I can't it, think of his last name.
0: Okay. the The hint I'll give you is that a famous Seattle rapper goes by this name. What the last name is? I don't know. I don't know. You got the first name right. I mean, I got the question wrong, saying it was Fraser <laughs> that I met with him. So it's it was Reggie Mclemore. Macklemore. Oh, right. Okay. okay. I'm going to give you a half point for that because you got the That's, first name. That's kind of. I'm down three to two, which is (laughs) fair.
1: (laughs) Um, this is my favorite question. Oh no, yeah, this is my favorite question so far. Um, Number four. Semisonic members Dan Wilson and John Munson were both in the band Trip Shakespeare before they were in the band Semisonic. What was the originally proposed name? For Trip Shakespeare. And I, I'll give you a hint. Matt Wilson, who is the front man of that band, uh, said that the original band was his two heroes. Like that was the idea of the original band name.
0: Uh, I am sorry. These getting tough. That I don't know this one <laughs> off the top of my head readily because uh, <laughs> I'm a huge Trip Shakespeare fan. I thought I thought you were going. What was the original name of Sammy Sonic? I was like, "Well, that was a pleasure." But in terms of Whoa. Shakespeare, um, can may I ask, was Shakespeare part of the name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: And it was this guy's two heroes, one being Shakespeare.
0: I'm. I'm going to say Elvis Shakespeare because I'm thinking maybe Elvis Costello. I don't know. I'm hearing the ball. Bo- well, it's it was Kirk Shakespeare. Kirk Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Oh, that's right. He's, he's a huge Star Trek fan. I feel. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> terrible, terrible.
1: I don't, do should you should think that. Shakespeare is a better name or Kirk Shakespeare is a better name for a band?
0: Now that Kirk Shakespeare we- is on the table i would say kirk shakespeare
1: yeah maybe yeah maybe i like it better too
0: (laughs) (laughs) when i had dan on uh i actually tracked down in college matt won a battle of the bands and the prize was you got to record an ep so it's this ep from it's called the love monsters and it's so obscure that it's not even on. I don't know if you ever go to the website discogs.com to track down like records, it has everything on there. Yeah, it, this is so obscure, it's not even on <laughs> discogs So I like got to show him, like, Hey, you know, look, I've got the Love Monsters EP. <laughs> I was hoping maybe that question was going to be about the Love Monsters, or <laughs> man, I feel embarrassed. <laughs> I am legitimately embarrassed that I did not know that. <laughs> All right. What is this, question four
1: for you? Question four. Question
0: number four. What was Martin Crane buying when he was shot? Coffee? It was a beverage, but it wasn't a hot beverage. Talking about a soda pop? Similar, but a lot more icy. He was buying an icy. He was buying a slushy. He was buying <laughs> a, a slushy. slushy. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Finally tripped you up on something. Uh, there we go. Dang.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not giving myself a point for that one. Yeah. Not, that, not even do, a half one.
0: Do you feel the crushing defeat that I just felt?
1: I do. Yeah. Twice? I do, I do. I I've seen that episode more than once. And the only thing I can say is that sometimes I skip over the sad episodes. So maybe that's why. Sure.
0: Okay. That's fair. That's fair.
1: <laughs> if I was to do like a like a, a like a master edit, I think I would like crop out like there's like a couple episodes I would get rid of, but I would crop out like any of the sad stuff. So it'd just be like just a good time the whole way through. <laughs> 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 all right, all right, number five. Okay. F-N-T, the song F-N-T by Semisonic, which stands for something, I'm pretty sure, which is not the question, but Mm -hmm. for a bonus point, you can answer that as well, was featured in the 1996 movie The Long Kiss Goodnight and was also in this 1999 American teen romantic comedy. What movie am I talking about? Yes.
0: 1999. FNT is short for fascinating new thing. Yep. Uh it is in the long kiss good night in a scene where they're driving a car. Have you ever seen that movie, by the way? Have you ever seen The Long Kiss Goodnight? No. It's a wild movie. That's <laughs> uh I don't know if it's worth your time, but it's 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 worth it's it's not as it's, it's not on the level of tremors. But the movie okay. you're referring to is 10 Things I Hate About You, a movie okay. I've never seen. Yeah. But when I worked at Blockbuster, a guy would come in with his daughters and multiple times would bring up the case of 10 Things I Hate About You and point to Joseph Gordon-Levitt on it and say, you look exactly like this guy, which <laughs> I think I did a little bit at the time. I don't think I really do anymore, but at the time, I did kind <laughs> of see what he was talking about. So it was it was actually very flattering that he would do that. So
1: Yeah, he's a cute guy. He's, a, he's adorable. Uh,
0: uh, what?
1: Oh, I think you just said to see ten things I had about you.
0: Yeah, I we we have it. I have the my wife has the DVD, so it's in our combined collection. So I need to watch it, and Let's I know it's on, a very good movie, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So, what number are we on?
0: That that was number five. I
1: I gave you uh, one and a half points for that.
0: That's fair. That's fair. All right. Uh, I've lost track of the score. (laughs) I think I've got three and a half now. And you have three to three. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's anybody's game. It's, yeah, it's wide open. All right. This one might be a little too easy for this, but what are the radio station call letters that Frazier does his show on? And for a bonus point, do you know the station uh, like number with <laughs> the station channel? What what are the numbers that are associated with it? Very well written question.
1: No, I don't know if I know. I mean, is it KPXL? Is that it? KP? You got
0: two of those letters, right? <laughs> the K and the L are right. <laughs> but but the the middle two are are different.
1: <laughs> way, way wrong. <laughs>
0: And, I don't and think I can I, give you a, i don't think i can give you a half point for k and l uh, the,
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm devastated i'm devastated uh you know they might not let me watch the remake based on this <laughs> all right so i don't get any points that, It was
0: kacl was K-A-C-L. the the station i found and i believe it was 780. That was the 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 number that was tied to that. Maybe.
1: Oof. I was doing so well in the beginning. The questions have gotten harder.
0: You you know, I, I appreciate that you've stumped me, and I'm I'm glad <laughs> I was able to stump you too.
1: <laughs> all right. So this is your last one. And I think you're gonna get it. Name all albums, EPs, and live albums. Starting with live
0: albums. Okay. There, there's just the one. Mm-hmm. That's from 2002, live at First Avenue. Okay. The first EP is "Pleasure." The first album is "Great Divide." Second album is "Feeling Strangely Fine." Third album is "All About Chemistry." Then there's a long gap after. Well, after the live album in their discography, uh-huh. and then uh, the the EP is "You're Not Alone." Mm-hmm. And now they have a new album coming out called A Little Bit of Sun.
1: Amazing. The whole way through. You get one point for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was like a layup, though. I feel <laughs> to me that was like a layup. So,
1: <laughs> you know, I just wasn't sure. You know, I, I think it's a fun game and you should do this with other guests, but it's like you just have no idea when you're dealing with a researching something you don't know anything about. Right. If this is hard or not. <laughs>
0: I am stumped there was a name there was a show that the reruns used to air on Lifetime and then for the final round you know there'd be a trivia round and the final question it was like a Jeopardy where it would have a final question but the topic would be something you provided so like you came on the show and you picked Frasier to be the question for this final Jeopardy equivalent And the stress of like, well, I told you that I know this, so I should get this right. But then they, them trying to stump you—that right, it, it was. I think more shows should do this idea. So I think you're onto something, Kent. <laughs> All right, I've got got two possible <laughs> final questions here. So this is this a chance for me to come one back? Of them, one of them, I think, is easier than the other. <laughs> OK, so uh, how about I how about I lead with the, the one that I think is easier? OK, and then I'll I'll ask a follow up of the hard one. Okay. Uh, all right. What was the name of the cafe that Frazier and Niles regularly visited?
1: Cafe Neversa.
0: OK, that was that was the easy okay. one. So you got a point for that. So what are we at? Four and a half to four.
1: Yeah. So I'm down by half a point.
0: All right for 0. 0.51 <laughs> this is to win it all okay. so on the show there'd be call-ins and the voices of the people calling in were celebrities do you know the name of the last person the last celebrity who was a caller on Fraser?
1: the last
0: one the very last celebrity caller
1: on the show. Oh wow, that is tough. Um yeah at the end of every season they do thanks for calling and they show pictures of all the people who called in that season. Uh I don't know. Uh I'm assuming it's a a
0: big bigger deal, somebody pretty famous. It's an actress. It's an actress and it's a big name. I think there were bigger names. I think I think for the final one I and I like this actress. But I think he could have gotten a bigger name. I'm just saying. Okay. Wow. If 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 you're gonna make a big deal out of it being the like the final one, yeah. Yeah. um, I have
1: no idea. So I'm just gonna hail mary something. And since you said, I was initially gonna say Meryl Streep, but since you said like bigger deal than that, so I don't think it, I think Meryl Streep would have been a big deal.
0: I yeah, um, Meryl Streep. So I would say less less than Meryl Streep on the um, uh the tier of popularity and, and fame 20, 20, i don't know rosie o'donnell no not rosie o'donnell i'll throw this out too uh she's british or english oh. judy dench i think judy dench would have been an even bigger name. it was helen murray oh
2: yeah it's okay all right
0: that i that i locate
2: again a, i like Helen a big That's deal. a big
0: name it's a big name it's a big it's a big name but not meryl streep big right am i right about that
1: for us maybe for us americans yeah yeah the act, the actress of our times according to america <laughs> yeah <laughs> um well congratulations you
0: so there was a comeback win boy you won the game uh
1: uh Congrat. yeah i i uh i'm humiliated but i also had a great time
0: <laughs> i think we've come up with uh an offshoot podcast <laughs> Where we we just have people.
1: I would do this. Coming. Oh yeah. If you were yeah, I would. I love quiz. Like through the pandemic, I was hosting quiz events. Um, I I I love putting together quiz questions. Yeah. So I think you there... do have an offshoot podcast. All right. I think this could be a. I think you should take this clip, send it to your future guests. Say I want you to do something as this like this with me. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't listen I to always, anything i ever say like don't...
0: <laughs> i always have them ask me questions about semi-sonic that's that's the that's twist, twist. <laughs> and i say now here are the six that kent watson came up with so don't ask me these do some work and come up with some other questions because these have been taken i'll say that up front to them
1: yeah oh yeah that's a really good idea. when i have
0: when i have jake schlichter from semi-sonic I'm, that will jake you know, I want to talk to you about the new album, but I also want you to to test my knowledge of your band.
1: Right. LB. First of all, we got a game to play. <laughs>
0: <laughs> First and foremost, that's what I'll start doing, too. Instead of saving it for the end, I'll start having it be at the top of the show. Really? And then if, if we get to an interview, great. <laughs> but if not you know then i got to prove my knowledge of Semi-Sonic to try to redeem myself for the ones that i missed today yeah. and the the twist of the knife that i got a trip shakespeare sh- question wrong while wearing a trip shakespeare shirt i mean that that is rough
1: i can't see the trip shakespeare shirt it looks oh like-
0: i z- i zipped down the hoodie for a second oh. to show oh, okay. the trip shakespeare shirt can you see it now i see it now yeah i'm too ethical of a person to manipulate the audio (laughs) and we only asked each other four questions thank you kent for the four questions that you asked
1: i mean you can do it's fine by me like it's fine by me
0: You know, Ken, you talked about how you're working with audio. I'm I'm working on manipulating some audio, too.
1: <laughs> Let me try it in this podcast. real <laughs> uh,
0: This has been great. Kent, anything else you have going on that you want to share or recommend? Uh,
1: I, I, I'm sure there's something I should have said, but I, I can't think of it now. And and uh, uh, you just have to manipulate the audio later to put it <laughs> what I wanted to say. <laughs> but no, this is really fun. Um, and uh, I'm glad we got a chance to catch up and uh, I hope hope we get to do it again in in you know the next 5 or 10 years as as uh, host and guest continues onward
0: thank you so much to Kent for joining me once again on host and guest and for bringing the experimental flavor doing something new at the end enjoyed that quite a bit for more information about Kent Watson's work visit kwworking.com Before you turn this episode off, we got a a brand new song to listen to. As we talked about in the episode, we're going to premiere, Anger Goes Away. So thank you once again to Kent for joining me on today's show. Thank you to you for listening to this episode and for sticking around to hear the world premiere of Kent Watson's Anger Goes Away.